0: Hello, Word Nerds! Welcome to another episode of The Dictionary. Is there anything interesting to talk about today? Uh, Let's see. I recently got the four episodes from my friends in England, uh, and I edited them. They will be dropping on July 14th through 17th. So a few days after this episode drops, uh, you will start to hear some other voices... And then it will go back to mine. I'm using a, a different microphone today. I, uh, I just want to sort of switch back and forth to see which ones sound best. I'm, I'm not a microphone expert. They're very different. Uh, this one seems a little weird to me, but I think for podcasting, it's supposed to be better. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see if you have any strong opinions. Let me know. Contact info uh, is in the episode details area. There's some links there. And of course, if you want to give me your money so I can do this forever and ever, please do that. There's a Patreon link. Alright, first word for this episode is American Chameleon. Two words, American is capitalized. I'm going to be saying the word American for every single word or phrase or whatever this episode and probably half or more in the next episode. So get ready for that. All right, American chameleon is a noun from 1881. An anole, or anoli, don't know the pronunciation, of the southeastern U.S. that can vary its skin color from green to brown and is often kept as a pet. The scientific name is Anolis carolinensis. There's a picture of an American chameleon. It's a black and white drawing. And it just looks like a lizard with a big thing under its neck. Next we have American cheese. This is a noun from 1763. A processed cheese made from American cheddar. If you talk to some cheese connoisseurs, they would probably tell you that this is the most gross and processed nasty cheese around. I'm not a cheese connoisseur but I'm aware that this is some pretty low-quality stuff. Next, we have American dog tick, a noun from 1927, a common North American ixodid tick, especially of dogs and humans, that is an important vector of Rocky Mountain spotted fever and tularemia, also called dog tick. The scientific name is Dermacentor or Dermacentaur variabilis. I think I've heard for ticks, uh, if you put some fire near them, that will get them to let go of your skin. If you've already got it um, under your skin, I don't know, you're screwed. But yeah, this is uh, one of those things that it's probably good to learn how to deal with them, how to spot them. Uh, So if you're going to be in the outdoors, in the woods, whatever, Go look up how to deal with ticks. I think they probably have some good tips and tricks. I'm having rhymes come out of my mouth, and I can't think of something that rhymes with mouth. Next is American Dream. This is a noun. The D is often capitalized. It's from 1931. An American social ideal that stresses egalitarianism and especially material prosperity also the prosperity or life that is the realization of this ideal i like the egalitarianism idea because i uh, from what i understand that uh, meaning everybody's equal doesn't really seem like we have that in this country if you stop to think about it you don't even need to stop and think that hard we are not particularly egalitarianism again if i'm understanding the word correctly Uh, We have a lot of people who are really, really rich, and we have a lot of people, way more people, who are really, really poor. Uh, That does not seem equal to me. Um, Also, material prosperity, while I understand that's what the American dream is, I I don't know, I just have some issues with that ideal. I think we need to be more equal and less about material stuff. My wife and I are trying to get rid of our stuff, and we don't need it. It's just junk, and it's going to fill up the junkyards and the garbage dumps, and it's such a waste. We, I think we all need to live a bit more simply in life. We don't need things. If this is the first time you're listening to an episode, uh, yeah, sometimes I bring up my personal feelings about stuff. So if you don't like that, sorry. I try not to do it too often or try not to talk about things too uh, lengthy, but uh, I do have thoughts, and I'm going through a lot of words here, so there's a lot of stuff that gets brought up. Next, we have American eel. This is a noun from 1923. A yellow to greenish-brown catadromous eel that is lighter below, has 103 to 111 vertebrae, is found in fresh and coastal waters along the Atlantic coasts of North America and is held to spawn in or near the Sargossa Sea. Where's the Sargosa Sea, you might ask? I might tell you I don't know, because that is the truth. I would have to go look it up on a map, and so would you. The scientific name is Anguilla rostrata. Pronunciation might be a little bit off there. I wonder why it has 103 to 111 vertebrae. Are there slightly different species of American eel, and some have more and some have less vertebrae? Don't know. Maybe sometimes they're just born with a slightly different amount of vertebrae. Next is American elm, E-L-M. This is a noun from 1785. A large elm with gradually spreading branches and pendulous branchlets that is common in eastern North America. They're also common in the Midwest because that's where I grew up and I still live and I was born on the street called Elmwood. There used to be a bunch of elm trees there, but they all had to be cut down because of Dutch elm disease. I'm pretty sure none of them are left. Next we have American English, what I am speaking to you now. This is a noun from 1805, the English language as spoken in the US, used especially with the implication that it is clearly distinguishable from British English, yet not so divergent as to be a separate language. That makes sense, but I have a feeling that the people in 1805 had no idea what American English would end up being like, and if they were to hear it today, they would probably be rolling over in their graves. Next, we have Americanese, A-M-E-R-I-C-A-N-E-S-E. This is a noun from 1870, and we just have the synonym American English. Next is American foxhound, a noun from circa 1891. Any of a breed of foxhounds, developed in the U.S. that are smaller than the English foxhound, but with longer ears and a short, glossy coat, usually of black, tan, and white. Next is American Indian, the people our ancestors slaughtered. This is a noun from 1732, a member of any of the aboriginal peoples of the Western Hemisphere except often the Eskimos, especially an American Indian of North America and especially the U.S., compared to the word Native American. American Indian is also an adjective. Next, we have Americanization or Americanize. Both of those have S's, so they are the British variations of Americanization and Americanize with Z's. That's how it's spelled in American English. Next is Americanism. This has an I-S-M at the end. This is a noun from 1781. One A characteristic feature of American English especially as contrasted with British English. 2. Attachment or allegiance to the traditions, interests, or ideals of the U.S. 3a. A a custom or trait peculiar to America. 3b. The political principles and practices essential to American culture. Next is Americanist. With an I-S-T at the end, this is a noun from 1881. 1. A specialist in American culture or history. 2. A specialist in the languages or cultures of the aboriginal inhabitants of America. Next and last word for this episode, Americanization. A-M-E-R-I-C-A-N-I-Z-A-T-I-O-N. This is a noun from 1853. 1. The act or process of Americanizing. 2. Instruction for foreigners, as immigrants, in English and in U.S. history, government, and culture. That will end this episode. Thank you very much for listening. I'm still trying to figure out what an end tag could be, so if you have any suggestions, please tweet me, email me, Facebook me, whatever. And until next time, this is Spencer reading the dictionary. Thank you and goodbye.